Welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Come on to the theatre. Hello, Happy New Year and welcome to episode 19 of the Manx Theatre Podcast with me, Neil Cowan. Neil King has decided to take a back seat for a couple of months, so for the next few episodes at least, you're stuck with just little old me. Thank you to everyone who's listened to our previous episodes. If you're brand new to the podcast, welcome along and thanks for joining us. You can still listen to all of our previous episodes at manxradio.com forward slash podcasts and through all the usual podcast outlets. Whilst you're there, make sure to subscribe, give us a like and rate our little podcast because that's important in the world of podcasting. You can also keep up to date with what's going on by following our social media accounts on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Coming up on this week's podcast... I chat with Lewis Kelly, fresh from treading the boards playing Prince Rupert of Ramsey in this year's Gaiety pantomime, Sleeping Beauty. Unfortunately, in the last couple of weeks we've entered into a second lockdown here on the island, which has sadly meant that the villa and Gaiety have had to close. Howard tells us it's only going to be a few weeks, but it already looks like a few of the upcoming shows are likely to move dates. These include the Christine Weld Theatre School's production of The Wizard of Oz, the Douglas Choral Union's production of Shrek the Musical and Madfa's Festival of One Act Plays, which I believe is now possibly moving to June. It's already been announced that Madfa's Easter Festival of full-length plays has sadly been cancelled again this year, as current border and travel restrictions will prevent teams from travelling from off-island to compete. Let's hope this lockdown doesn't last too long and we get back to normal very soon. Well, without any further ado... Let's dim the house lights and lift the curtain on my chat with Lewis Kelly. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. I'm joined today on the Manx Theatre Podcast by Manx-born professional actor, singer, dancer Lewis Kelly, who's fairly recently fresh from treading the boards as Prince Rupert of Ramsey in this year's gaiety pantomime, Sleeping Beauty. Lewis, welcome to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Hello, thank you for having me. It's great to get you on board. So... Panther then just a couple of weeks ago have you uh, recovered now from that uh yeah I think so it was, it was quite a physical role actually I got to fight a dragon got to pr- uh, kiss a, a very lovely princess it was a quite quite a lot of scenes actually for a prince usually the it prince was is like yeah the... it was it was quite an active role for a prince because quite often the prince's role is just to stand there and look pretty and marry the princess at the end isn't it but then this is sleeping beauty so all she did was sleep so <laughs> someone had to take the reins <laughs> so is this the first time you've done Panto? Have you done done a few before? Oh, I actually started when I was here in the Alabama when I was seventeen. I did Dick Whittington, and I was one of the the RATs. Yeah, that was Taylorian. And then, uh, yeah, that was Taylorian. Yeah, that was that was my first with Taylorian actually. Yeah. Right, that, that opened the doors for me and Taylorian. Because that was that was going to be one of the questions I was going to ask you. Where did you start? Because I think for me, the first time I really became aware of you was Cats. Oh yeah, that was two years later. I started. Oh. I started with Max Ops. Anything goes. All right. When I was sixteen. In fact, my sixteenth birthday was in like the middle of show week. Yeah, that was. I was just. I was an ensemble member in that part of the Shanty Quartet. Oh, wonderful! I got, got a little. Got a little solo in a quartet number. That was a great starter. I loved that show. So is that that's what gave you the the bug then? Is that what what started you off then? What what gave you the, the passion yeah. for it? Yeah, I mean, I wasn't like. I did I did a, a show called Beats and Pulse in school in high school. That was like more singing and dancing. There was no real acting or anything like that. 
and when my parents mentioned to Gary Harrison, because they're friends with Gary Harrison, he was chairman of Manx Ops at the time. Right. And he said, oh, why don't you come down and audition for this? And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> and I went down and I, and I, and I, I gave it a try and I really liked it. Like they, they gave me the Shanty Quartet and I was like, all right, I guess I'm kind of important <laughs> <laughs> um, at the time being in a young teenager. And, um, I did the show and I absolutely loved it. Like, obviously I was very nervous at first going on stage for the first time in my life, like at the Gaiety Theatre, like a proper stage with senior march and everything. And um, I loved it. absolutely loved it. Like the rehearsal process was fun. It was just a new experience. And like, I was like, I want to do this again. This is great. And I basically went straight out of that, auditioned for a school show, Little Shop of Horrors. And then Dick Whittington was my first panto straight after that. This all in the same year. So I got the buzz and jumped on the train straight away. <laughs> yeah. So which which part did you play in uh, in Little Shop of Horrors? Oh, I played I played the dentist actually. Oren Priest Gravello, DTS. Yes, yes. I oh, I like playing evil characters. I, I I've discovered. Oh, they're I mean, the best. I, like, I liked it back then, and I still like it today. I think the uh, the dentist is is certainly a role that I would like to play if the opportunity ever came round again. Yeah, it's it's so much fun. You just you you're just crazy. You just go crazy. It, basically, I kind of adopted um, a bit of a Jim Carrey vibe and <laughs> just went from there. Had the you seen? Thing, had, actually, had you seen the original yeah, film yeah. before you did it? With oh, I did um, my research. Yeah, yeah. or the musical ending with Steve um, Martin playing the role. Yeah, Steve Martin. Yeah, and um. Like he was brilliant. He was very like Elvisy, greaseball kind of. Mm. But that being a film, I think it was it was played. It was it was great. It was amazing. But like on on stage, the theatre, you do go mental with it because obviously your actions are bigger for the a bigger audience like in front of you. Um, there's no like up close camera shots and stuff. So and then yeah. nothing beats that feedback of a live audience either, does there? So you do something oh, yeah. and the audience like it, so you make it a bit bigger next time round absolutely or even in the moment <laughs> but then you <laughs> then you go too far and then it's like oh okay <laughs> pull, it, pull it back a little bit yeah so then so uh you went on then to do dick whittington and then the year after that would that have been cats then the year after that no dick whittington um was when i got asked to audition for evita the next year right okay that, so that was the summer show and i was on ensemble for that but that show was massive. Like, it's a huge show. Oh, yeah. Um, lots of ensemble participation in that. And every, I, th- I feel like every show I did just got better and better until I went to uni. It was I absolutely loved every show that I did leading up to uni. And Evita was the last one just before uni. Um, so was, was I Cats... Actually, I never wanted to leave to go to uni because it meant that that Evita period was over because it was in August and then the end of August beginning of September, I left for uni. Right. And obviously, like, we just finished Evita. Like, you've made so many good friends from the show, and it was obviously a great show. And then it's over. <laughs> it's like, oh! <laughs> so was was Cats then your first year back then, your first summer after your first year? Yeah, I just, I, I came back for Easter, and that was when they were auditioning. And then I was, I went back to uni, and I got, I got the email with the casts list. And when they gave me the part of Monkustrap, I went crazy. <laughs> my, <laughs> my friends ran it and they were like, what's going on? And I was like, I got I got the lead role in Cats. 
and they were like oh my god i thought you were like crying or dying or something like that but um, they thought something bad had happened uh, no but it was a it was a fantastic performance it just the stage presence was was fantastic i think the staging in general like john cumbledge did a great job with that show um, yes he worked so hard on it like because he's, he's a great like, he, like he's a great artist as well like on mm. on the stage and on paper like he'd drawn out every single cat and how he wanted it to look like and then all the costumes were exactly that like what he'd drawn yes like his his brain is amazing and even during rehearsals like not everyone like i'm i'm actually not amazingly trained dancer um I'd ha- i had like maybe a year a year and a half contemporary jazz a bit of ballet here and there but he'd like in rehearsal instead of just doing the moves choreographing and blocking the show he'd throw in a bit of like right with with this like this is the technique i want it to look like this and so it was almost like a class as well as well it was it was a master class as well as just the rehearsal those are the best kind of shows aren't they when you just learn with every routine that you do yeah when i had that in my my early days as well because i i'd never had a single dance lesson but i've done that many shows with Max Ups over the years and you learn the different routines. I've done the same tap routine in about three different shows. <laughs> so I, you know, when it comes to tapping, I can do that tap routine, but the others, eh, not so much. <laughs> so when you went to university then, you went to the University of Cumbria? Yes, up in Carlisle, up north. So did you do a BA in performing arts then? Yeah, I, start, I did for my first two years. Um, I did performing arts. And then my third year, I changed course because it suited me better to a dance and musical theatre course. And my third year, or the third year performing arts course, it would have just been purely um, self. Basically, the whole year, you did a lot of your own stuff and your own coursework. It was very much left down to you. But I didn't feel like I'd, I'd, I'd learned enough at the end of my two years. Yeah, and dance and musical theatre, you had you still had like some tutor work, and you had a lot of outside directors and choreographers come in and do a show with you or do some classes with you. And that that I preferred that because I'm I, I'm still training. I'm not I can't really learn from myself. Yeah, something because I haven't done it before. If that makes sense. Mm. Yeah, I swapped I swapped and did a dance and musical theatre course. So my degree that I got was it was a, a BA honours in performing arts specialising in dance and musical theatre. It's quite a long sentence, but <laughs> it trips off yeah. the tongue nicely anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I mean I had to I had to make sure I knew which one was the correct order. BA honours in dance and no performing arts. Yeah. So after you uh, graduated then, what did you go on to do? What was your first job out of university? First job? Oh um so when did I, um, I think, oh, it was Panto again. Yeah, I, because I, I, I graduated, our, our uni graduated in November. Like we finished in May and then graduated in November. So we came, we came back when new year groups were in Carlisle and I graduated on the 25th, 26th of November. And then on the 27th, I started my first day down in Bath doing um, Jack and the Beanstalk as a dancer in pantomime. That's a nice drive from Carlisle to Bath. Oh, I didn't drive. I got a few trains. <laughs> Still, it's not a short journey, is it? <laughs> no, no, it really wasn't. It's like west. It's like west of um, London, yeah. so it was a good few hours. So that was that was a dancer then, yeah. Yeah, that was um, it was with UK Productions. Nice little plug there. <laughs> yes, 
hopefully get a new contract in the future. <laughs> yeah, hopefully they'll all be back. <laughs> so over the years then, how long has it been then since you since you graduated? Oh, it'll have been, we're in 2021 now, aren't we? Uh, six years. Six yes, years. Six years. I graduated when I was 21 and I'm turning 27 this year. So over the yeah. six years then, have you managed to sort of stay fairly in work quite a lot? Have you managed to go from job to job to job? Yeah, I've I've been quite lucky actually, yeah. Um, it's taken, at, at the start it was a bit slow and there were, I, I wasn't very picky with my auditions. So I went for ones that were way out of my like skills range, let's say. So basically my first my first audition, I remember this very well because it was also one of my most humiliating, or humiliating auditions. My first audition out of that panto with Jack of the Beanstalk, I went to do a Mamma Mia Royal Caribbean ship audition as a dancer. But these boys are like ballet trained for years since they're like five maybe or something like that. And <laughs> I'm in a room full of like 50 lads and the first round is ballet technique. And I'm there <laughs> maybe half a year under my belt. <laughs> Don't even know what like the names of some of the, the moves are, tondu yeah. and releve and stuff like that. Don't know what they are and they're like ballet technique round one i'm definitely the worst boy out of a group of 50 boys and they, they do it in twos as well across the room Ooh. so you're just you're just there like all right but you just gotta own it even if you know you're rubbish you just gotta make it it's a performance at the end of the day they just want to see that you can perform well did it feel like that episode of Friends where joey's at the audition and it's and he's got to take the dance audition because he's oversold his own cv Oh yeah. <laughs> oh god, that that's a that's a good episode actually. <laughs> my daughter's yeah, recently did. got hooked on Friends and we're watching like three, four episodes every night. To a certain extent, it's great fun because there's some great stuff. There's some stuff that's not really suitable for a ten year old girl, but we have to switch over <laughs> from that one. But you know, it's, oh, it's some great stuff. Oh, but, Friends is so good. It's so iconic. And it's like it finished like twenty years ago now as well, which is scary. I know. Well, let's, it's like one in four people know, at least know a quote from any Friends episode ever. Yeah. So you mentioned there you auditioned for, was it Royal Caribbean Cruising? Yeah, that was, yeah, that was the first one I auditioned for. Uh, so you've done, pardon the expression, done a bit of cruising over the years, haven't you? <laughs> yes, it, that'll be, uh, well, it would have been three years last year in a row, but obviously got cancelled. Do you know, it's funny. You look back about twenty years, and cruising was a bit of a was a bit of a joke, really, wasn't it? Oh, you only go on cruising because you can't get work here. But but nowadays, yeah. the whole attitude to sort of the musical productions on on cruise ships has has changed dramatically. Absolutely, yeah. And even even when I was at uni, so six years ago, like my tutors were like, "Don't do cruising. It's just like a, a cheap way out. It's just a, you don't get recognised." But more and more cruises nowadays are getting the big musicals. Norwegian have just got uh, Kinky Boots. There's really big, like, non, not like famous musicals, but musical type shows like uh, Choir of Man, mm-hmm. which are on, which are uh, Norwegian, again, <laughs> Norwegian's taking the good ones, which uh, Norwegian Cruise Lines has. But yeah, there's, there's Cats, Mamma Mia, We Will Rock You, Hairspray, all that stuff. Like Joe Hillard was doing Grease. Yes, he was. Yeah. yeah. 
But I suppose in a, in a way, because you're not just doing that one show, you're doing two or three shows throughout the week, aren't you? You're sort of doing other little yeah. shows and bits and pieces. So it's it's a little bit like a like a floating rep theatre, really, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. There's, yeah, they have because uh, when I when I audition for Cats, the the other material they give you is from one of the other shows, for like one of the audition materials they give you. Um, and I think uh, the one I had was called Come Fly With Me, um, which is a very like kind of top hat and then like pop star sensation kind of show. So just a variety show, I guess. So instead of just going to see Cats on a ship, you're going to go see Cats, do lounge shows maybe, and this Come Fly With Me show. Yeah. So it's kind of it kind of caters to everyone's taste, I guess. Yeah. Bit of, bit of general cabaret and a full-on show and a bit of other sort of general music and stuff as well. Yeah, yeah. Great. If you're interested in local musicians and artists, check out our sister podcast, Supergroup, where Neil King talks to Manx songwriters and musicians as they set up their fantasy supergroup. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. Over the years then, between Manx operatic, Taylorian, professional work... What's been the favourite role that you've played? <laughs> Definitely monkey strapping cats. A hundred percent. I say this every time and everyone, a lot of people ask me and I'm like, monkey strapping cats. It was the first main role I got in on a big th- stage and there wasn't a single second I didn't enjoy the ho- like rehearsals to the end of the last day. I love the musical. The, the part, it was my dream role before I got it. It's still my dream role now, but obviously in a big professional world, you've got to be more of a ballet dancer and it's it's more cutthroat. Yeah. I guess by the end of the week, you were probably quite happy to see the end of the uh, the cat suit. Uh, you know what? No. no. <laughs> I had two costumes. Like, uh... I had, I had this, this one here, yeah, the grey one right there. Oh, that was Flash. my that was my obviously my photo shoot one, but that was the backup one. They 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 took a bit longer to make the first one because it was so glorious. Because uh-huh. <laughs> there are oh, yeah. there are a few stories of of hair dryers being used between shows to dry out the cat suits because they were so full of sweat. Yeah, I think uh, costume ladies may not have enjoyed it as much because it's <laughs> uh, thirty other people's um, dirt. Yeah. Yeah. And also, they, they didn't want to wash. I, I'm pretty sure anyone wouldn't want to wash that many costumes every single night. No. So I think a hairdryer was the, the other option. <laughs> or at least the tumble dryer, anyway. <laughs> yeah. So, Mongoose Trap, then, you said that's that's been your, your favourite role, and you, you hinted that would be your dream role as well, then. Yeah, I have others. I have other more realistic dream roles, let's say. Okay, what's a, what's a more realistic one, then? Evan Hansen from Dear Evan Hansen. That is my favourite. Or like, uh, apart from Monkey's Trap, that is my favourite. I love the musical. He His role, the songs in that, just, oh, everything. I think musically that is the best show at the moment. Brilliant. In, in my, it's my opinion, obviously. Yeah. But yeah, it, like the music in it is, an, is amazing. And his, like, I think Ben Platt plays it perfectly. And for him to to be on the recording, like, because obviously you, you only, you hear it before you see it because you can find it on Spotify or YouTube or whatever. And when I first heard Waving Through a Window, I was like, whoa, this is sick. Then I heard the rest of the show, and I was like, whoa, the whole show is sick. Like, sometimes you get a show where it's like, I like this one song, but the other song's meh, the full show. 
and his and when I went to see it, his character is just incredible. And I'd love to play it. I'd love to play this little insecure boy who's who's got no friends and tries to do anything he can to get out of his comfort zone. And and there's obviously a girl he loves. There's always a love story and everything, but oh, yeah. it's a bit different in this one. Um, and he just yeah, he gets taken down a very a very dark path just through a few little lies, but makes it believable. And it's it's incredible. Like I advise anyone who likes musical theatre to go see it. Well, when they that's my dream role. <laughs> well, when the when the theatre's open again, we'll uh, make sure that's on the list of shows to see. So, talking about theatres opening, where were you when everything closed? What was your job at the time? I was rehearsing for my third cruise ship in Miami. Lovely. So, it was March time, March the fifteenth, sixteenth, I think. We we all got called into one studio. There were about three other casts there as well, and we all got called into one studio. And our um, production director or something, like, uh, basically the boss, was stood there. And she was like, guys, we're all actually, um, we've booked your flights home. Um, we expect to see you in a month. <laughs> yep. And everyone was just like, whoa, okay. And that was, that was in the morning at like 11 a.m. And I looked at my flight app and my flight was at 6 p.m. that day. And I was like... Oh, so I'm packing right now. <laughs> I've got to go home and pack right now and yeah. say my goodbyes. Because the, the airport's also like 45-minute drive away. And yeah. you got picked up by a minibus, which they International hired. flight, so like, it's going to be there two hours beforehand. And... Yep, 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 yep. So it was all a rush for me. Yeah. They flew me. At, at the time, Spain was the worst hit. And they flew me to Madrid. Nice. Where's the logic in that? We're gonna, we're gonna, we're gonna fly you home. We're gonna fly you home for safety. And but, um, but through the worst infected area at the time. Yeah, yeah. Um, <laughs> and they all stayed. It sounds like I'm flying them off. Like they're a great company, but they, they just, uh, they, they tried to do it as fast as they could, like get everyone gone as fast as they could. But I, I stayed there for like three hours, I think. But uh-huh. the no shops open. None of the normal airport stuff open. So I was kind of sat there on my belly. And then they flew me to London, and then I stayed there for a few months right so you didn't come back to the island straight away then you were you had to stay uk for a bit yes i was in gloucester with my girlfriend at the time and then i came home in july i flew home in july because it'd been a few months and i think i needed to see my family yeah and obviously the isle of man was out of lockdown yes i say by by july we were allowing people back again weren't we yeah so what have you been doing then to keep yourself busy since july if you got yourself a little office um, job or no, I I try I, I applied for many things, many things, and nothing got back to me. I, I've had I've been unemployed since then. All I've been doing is I part of the CrossFit IOM team, uh-huh. and we just I've just been training every day, just working on myself. And then obviously Panto season came along, and I did that. I, I, I came and did Panto. So you said. That when they they close down the production, then back in March we'll see you in a month's time. Have you had any indication <laughs> ten months later when you're likely to get back? Because they've, America's they've been crazy keeping bad. up. To, they've been keeping us up to date with everything. And every month they said we're hoping to get you back at this time, at this time, at this time. And the latest update is the end of April. Well, hopefully Which... now with the the the, the rollout of the the vaccine, it'll help to speed things up and we'll get back to normal sooner than later. Yeah, we hope so. They've only just changed it to April, though, because it was going to be February the, the 28th. 
I think. So the end of February. Yeah. yeah. That was when they were going to get us over. And a few days ago, they sent an email out saying, oh, no, it's going to be April. So they do keep us up to date, at least. Good. Okay, then. Go back to the, our list of, of questions that we sent you. What do you think is the part that you were born to play? Now, this is the part that's either the most like you, so that's basically Lewis Kelly, or do you think it's the part that you could literally just walk into and play? Okay, I have a potential two. Okay. First one being Fiero from Wicked. Oh, yeah. He is actually quite a nice character. He is... He's portrayed as a ladies man but he he doesn't see him himself like that and he goes for the kind of like interesting people or people that aren't like as full of themselves like because like galinda's a bit like i'm the popular one i'm this yeah. and that and he's like oh stop it i don't like that but yeah i don't i had i had a hard time thinking of this one if i'm honest because it's hard not to think of parts that you want to play yeah like dear Evan Hansen, and Evan Hansen <laughs> was my second answer for this one, because when I when I was a teenager, I was very shy and I was I was a nervous person. So I feel I feel like I've been there, I guess. Like I've been in his kind of not completely in his mental state, because he is he is very like socially in, insanely nervous or socially not there, I guess. But I feel like I I understand his awkwardness. I understand his shy loneliness. I guess. I mean, obviously, I had my friends, but at the same time, it, it, I was quite a shy teenager. There's, there's a great Lee Evans joke that says that, you know, he had an imaginary friend when he was a kid. It was a real person. I just imagined it was my friend. <laughs> I've seen all of Lee Evans. I don't I haven't heard that one. There you go. There's a new one for you. You'll have to find that one. Hey. Okay. So over the years, then, you've done lots of shows. You've worn lots of costumes. Mm-hmm where the budgets have been good and the budgets have been not so good. What not are so good, the yeah. best and or worst costumes you've ever had to wear? Oh, okay. Let's start with the worst one, shall we? Oh, yeah. There's nothing like a good old-fashioned bedsheet ghost. <laughs> <laughs> and that was my first panto in Bath. Wonderful. My first professional panto in Bath. I was in the ensemble and they decided I'd be the ghost. I had white tights. Uh, ballet pumps, like the pink ones, you know, the, the proper ones. Yeah. And just a bed sheet with eye holes. <laughs> no expense spent. It is the easiest costume mine, but oh, yeah. I, I, and I, I worked that. I really worked that costume. <laughs> but, <laughs> but come on. I mean, there's, there really wasn't much effort in that one. Con- compared to like, say, our panto, the, mm. the Sleeping Beauty one. The monster, the dragon, yeah. they are probably the worst costume for the people inside them because of how annoying they are, but they are incredible. Yeah. The audience gasped every time one of them came on. Yeah. And um, your best costume? Um, oh, See, if we're going for favourite, it's got to be cats. It's got to be yeah. Marcus Strap. Cats again, I'm sorry. I know I mentioned it all the time. It's amazing, for- it's amazing how many okay. times costumes that have been picked by John Cumbridge come up as people's favourite costumes. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. yeah. Has it been in the past episodes? Oh, yes, yes. Because you'll know this because yeah. you've obviously listened to the ball. Oh, yeah, I listen to every single one. Yeah. <laughs> the man does have a good eye for a good costume there, doesn't he? He does. I told you, he's such an artist. And he's he loves his wigs as well. Mm. Even the wigs in Cats were just perfect. They were brilliant. But in terms of easiest costume, actually, Prince Rupert of Ramsey. Yeah. Because I just 
wore the same thing the whole way through, apart from I changed a waistcoat. Unlike Joe, and... who had about 48 different costume changes. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I also, that's, <laughs> I have one costume that's actually the best and worst costume for me. Oh. So I was also a prince on one of my cruise ships in a show called Land of Make-Believe. Mm-hmm. And part of my prince costume was, so there was a scene where I jousted with the, the main male character in the uh. show. And it was one of those horses that you slip yourself into and you have, uh, like, the horse has legs already, Prince legs already on the side of them, so it looks like your legs. Yeah. So you're holding this giant horse and then you've got this lance and then you're charging. It's the best costume because it looks hilarious <laughs> and it was a really well-made costume, but the worst because it was heavy. It was my first scene on as the prince and it made me sweat, like, <laughs> not like the stage already didn't anyway. Yeah. And I had a quick change, which was about 10 seconds, to run off, get a stage crew member to help me out of it. So I'm like trying to pencil myself and duck at the same time. It's ripping half of my real Prince costume off, reattach my cape and stuff, run back on and then do a song. So just because of the situation and as a whole, it was the best and worst costume. That would have been a, a great costume to observe in the wings. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, to observe anywhere. <laughs> yeah. I think people that weren't having to deal with that were finding it hilarious. Excellent. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast with Neil King and Neil Callan. Okay, now this next one then. This is one of the, the trickiest questions. Um, certainly for the for the male people that we in, invite and interview on the podcast. And this is our gender swap question. So which role would you most like to play of the opposite gender? I must say, I didn't find this as difficult. I didn't realise it was was causing other people help. uh, But Rose from Dogfight, she... I don't know if you've seen the show. No. I mean, I haven't seen the show, but I've I've seen I've listened to the soundtrack a million times. She is like the most gorgeous character inside, and well, she's portrayed as an ugly person on the outside, but and that's the whole like story behind Dogfight is that these people, these like guys that go to war, try and like have a one last hurrah, and they bet on who can find the ugliest date. Rose turns up and is ends up being the ugliest date. She has the most phenomenal songs and she's played by, in, in the soundtrack, she's played by uh, Lindsay Mendez, who's played Elpha Burr, who's done a, a million musicals and she's yeah. the most phenomenal voice ever. Um, and she just made me fall in love with the show. Um, not, not even the male part made me fall in love with that show like she did. Her songs like Before It's Over, pretty funny. They're so emotional. And some like some of them emotionally good, some of them emotionally like tear your heart out, like you feel so sorry for her kind of thing. But she's an amazing character and definitely like the driving force of that show, hundred percent. So it's quite an emotional journey to that character then. Absolutely, yeah. And the person that breaks her heart, she keeps falling in love with because he didn't mean he he learns to fall in love with well, basically at first he asks her on this date because she's ugly. And he wants to win the money. But then he falls for her because he sees how much of an amazing person she is. And she kind of forgives him because he genuinely does like end up pouring his heart out to her. But then he goes off to war and loses some friends and then comes back and is this emotional guy like Wreck and obviously damaged from the war. Mm-hmm. She's just this lovable. Every... I just I imagine like obviously I haven't seen the show, but I imagine everyone that ever goes to see that show 
falls in love with her over and over and over again every time she comes on stage. Brilliant. She's just so innocent. Now, one question I like to ask you young'uns is... What new? Yeah, you're only 27. You're the right, you're the right side of 30. <laughs> what new shows have you discovered? What are you listening to at the moment that's getting your juices flowing? There's not much I'm, I'm listening to that's uh, very new, but before the whole pandemic happened, I discovered a show called And Juliet. Yes, that surprised me so much. I so I, I went I went to see it in London, and I I kind of I, I don't really read up on shows beforehand because I do like to be surprised. But I knew that this was about Romeo and Juliet and the story. Like, what happens? What would happen if Juliet didn't actually kill herself? And yeah. it's just this incredible, incredibly funny show about how she goes on and tries to find new love or tries to have an adventure or like makes new friends basically she changes her way of life because it's a bit of a jukebox musical as well isn't it it is so many famous pop songs so many famous she turns um she turns a britney spears well the music the musical directors obviously they turned a britney spears song what's it called oops i did it again that one yeah oops i did it again they turned that into an emotional ballad and that song too i think in the show and you're like how is this working but you're also like it's the best performance i've ever seen in my life and you're just down for it you're all you're here for it it's the audience roar after that song they roar and then from then on they've set the bar so the rest of the show is just at that level or above but all the music is written by Max Martin, who is, is just huge in the American pop industry. He's wrote stuff for Backstreet Boys and Katy Perry yeah. and Britney well, and Christina. Well, that's why he can use them shows then, because, those songs then, because they're, they're the exact artist songs yeah. that are in the, in the show. Great. Well, we certainly recommend that everyone listens to that, because I've had to listen to that album myself, and I think it's brilliant. Oh, it's so good, so good, and and William Shakespeare and Anne Hathaway in it as well are so good. Yeah, they, she is Anne Hathaway is obviously the driving force in it because she's like the one that's changing William Shakespeare's stories. He's she's like, well, what if Juliet did this? And he's like, oh, but I'm the storyteller. Turns out she she tells stories better. <laughs> okay, so fairly recently we set up our own Spotify playlist, yeah. and this is our way of trying to set up what we think is probably like the ultimate musical theatre playlist. Okay. So when we set it up, Neil and I each put 10 of our own tracks in, and these are songs that either we've performed or we really like, or you know, they, they mean something to us. So we, we set off yeah. with, with 20 there to begin with because, you know, who wants a playlist with four songs in it? And then <laughs> since then, we've asked each of the people that have come on for each episode to add another song in. So additions that we've had to that list are Emma Callan chose West Side Story Overture because she wanted something okay. from West Side, but she couldn't decide which. And it was since it was an old school overture, has a little bit of everything in there. Yeah. Perry O'Day chose Being Alive from Company. Michelle James chose Beautiful from Beautiful. Chloe Shimon chose Tight Connection to My Heart from Girl from the North Country. Bethany McGee chose the I Love You song from the 25th Annual Putnam County Spelling Bee. Mm -hmm. And Joe Hillard chose Me in the Sky from Come From Away. Oh, Come From Away. That's a brilliant one, that. Isn't it? It's a fantastic show. So, Lewis Kelly, what's your addition to the playlist? Oh, it's got to be something from Dear Evan Hansen, hasn't it? <laughs> I had a feeling it Ooh. might be. 
Oh, this, there's a few to choose from there. Dear, oh, you know what? It's got to be the classic. It's got to be Waving Through a Window. Okay. Why is, why is that the ultimate song then to add to our playlist? It's the one everyone knows the most. And it's the one that got me into the musical. It's the first one I heard, probably because it was the most popular at first and it probably still is. And you just can't go wrong with it. It's, it's an upbeat song, but has kind of him motivating himself because he is a negative person. So it's, it's got a bit of everything. <laughs> yeah. Great. Brilliant. Well, Lewis... Thank you very much for coming and speaking to us today on the Manx Theatre Podcast. We wish you all the best with all of your future projects whenever they get back off the ground again. And we look forward to seeing you again soon. Thank you very much, Neil. Thanks for having me. Thank it's you. A pleasure. Cheers. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to the Manx Theatre Podcast. And with that, we bring episode 19 to a close. Thanks once again to Lewis for joining us on the podcast. Remember to like and follow our social media pages to get notifications of upcoming episodes and events. Don't forget to check out our Spotify playlist by searching for the Manx Theatre Podcast. If you have any events that you'd like us to talk about or promote on a future episode, you can contact us through our social media accounts or by email to manxtheatrepodcast at gmail.com. All that means is for me to say thanks for listening and I hope you join us again next time on the Manx Theatre Podcast. I've been Neil Callan. Goodbye. The Manx Theatre Podcast, taking a look behind the scenes of Manx Theatre. Men actors alive for me.